Hello, everyone. Greetings and welcome to the first edition of Betting Chicago right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Let me introduce myself. My name is Joey Christopoulos. I am your host of Betting Chicago. Born and raised in the northern greater Chicagoland area of Chicago, but now I'm based out of Los Angeles. Um, A little bit about me. I've lived out in L.A. for the past nine years, uh, booked a few gigs, met my wife, got a dog, but my passion is still for Chicago sports. I have never once crossed the line over to any L.A. team, and I'm Chi-Town all the way, baby. I bleed bear blood. I would never cross the Indian head. I love both the Cubs and the White Sox, which is another podcast altogether, and I worship at the altar of Jordan. So this show, this show is going to attempt to cover all your favorite Chi-Town squads and hopefully maybe give you some winning uh, betting plays along the way as our Chi-Town sports teams go for glory. So I want to get right into the Chicago Bears 2019 season. This is recording on a Thursday, August the 29th. The season is one week away. It's officially seven days. And if I were to take the pulse of the state of Bears fans, let's say going all the way back to 2017, one word probably comes to mind, and that word is frustrated. Now, look, I'm too young for the 85 Bears, but I was there sitting on the knee of my dad, my grandfather, and all my uncles and raised on the tails of their dominance, all right? But I don't really remember that. My first memory, actually, of being a Chicago Bears fan is the year Mike Dicka got fired. And also, that was, I think, around the same time that Wendell Davis broke both of his legs on turf. Wow, turf was really great back then, wasn't it? Wendell Davis also shared a birthday with me, which is why I, I enjoyed him so much. But uh, then we, in the 90s, we went through the Wani years, very dark times. All the pieces are in place. Cordell Stewart, Rick Meyer, Eric Kramer, Jim Miller. I kind of like the Jim Miller era, to be honest with you. Moving forward, Erlocker got drafted. Lovey's the coach. We go to the Super Bowl in 06. Again, another podcast, another time. Sexy Rexy. Then we move to the Cutler era, Tressman, Fox. A lot of years where you're right on the cusp of something great. Of course, we went to the Super Bowl that one year, but there's plenty of years where the Bears started off 7-1, and one, their defense was amazing, and then all of a sudden they're kicking the Chargers' ass, and Cutler throws a pick and running down the field, and he breaks his wrist, season over. It's that kind of pent-up frustration that we've been dealing with here. But the last year, in the last couple of years, things have changed a little bit. Now, when I think of Bears fans now coming into the season, I use the word frothing. So what can we expect? Let's start with my picks. I am going to say the Chicago Bears are going to go 11-5 and this season. Seems a bit of a cop-out, but it is over, the, over right now. Most gambling sites have the Bears coming in about 9, 9.5 wins. A lot of them have picked to win the division. I like them for 11-5. and you think that they're going to stay, take a step forward this season? They did win 12 games last year. I think that they're going to take one step game back. But why is that? Well, let's take a look at the schedule. It is a flashy schedule this year. They play the Eagles, Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, Saints, Cowboys. But here's how I look at it. You say to yourself, well, that schedule looks a little tough. Well, here's what I say to that. If Bears fans, if we really want to win the Super Bowl this year, if we really want to do something special, you're going to have to beat these teams no matter what. You can't just go through with the 13-3 Jim Miller, Marty Booker Bears and beat up on the Buccaneers and beat up on all the other crap teams in the NFL. You actually have to go through some real legit teams. These are wins that are going to be catalyst markers as you move your way into the playoffs. You don't want to be in over your head. You want to make sure you're playing the top competition and 
the Bears schedule certainly has that this year. And if they're going to have the Super Bowl in their sights, they're going to have to be they're going to have to beat some big boys. So let's look at a couple juicy plays for this upcoming season. We're going to look at week one. We're going to look at some more broader topics with the Bears. And uh, let's make some plays. Let's win some money this year. Now, when I'm going to be gambling, I'm going to be using my bookie this year. I've used them in the past. I like them a whole lot. And who knew it? But now we're working. Believe Network is also working with my bookie this year because it's a new season, guys. Think about it. Antonio Brown's on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. But the one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down for all the games, and that's at mybookie.com. It's the place to bet football every single weekend because my bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. And this year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five, five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Now, go to my bookie and sign up for the Super Contest or the season. They will double, double your first deposit. That's a lot of cash to play with, up to $1,000 for a deposit bonus. If you use promo code, enter promo code to activate the offer. So, visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code, enter promo code, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-O-M-O-C-O-D-E. That's spelling, folks. And that's when you create your account to claim your bonus. Bet, win, get paid with my bookie. So let's get into it. So excited for this season to start. I really, honestly, cannot wait. I think the 9.5 number is a little bit more accurate in terms of what we're going to be looking at gambling-wise. I think 9 is an insult to all Chicago Bears fans out there, and we should take that very, very personally. I do like them to hit the over. Of course, injuries happen. Stuff happens. It's okay. You can't really control that. We're, we're, you're betting on what you think is going to happen with the full roster. Ooh, okay. So after the my bookie read? Okay, cool. So the Bears, on most gambling sites... They have them winning about 9 to 9.5 games this year. I think the 9 is an insult. Bears fans should be upset about that. The 9.5 makes a little bit more sense. Of course, there are injuries. Of course, things happen during the course of the season. But there's just way too much talent on this football team. The defense is still too good. Even if they do regress, what exactly are they going to regress to? They had so many return touchdowns last year, so if they get one or two less, is that really a true regression, or is that just still them being awesome? Let's take a look here at a couple of plays that I like a whole lot. You can go to a bunch of different sites. I've seen a bunch of different numbers across the board, so this might not be 100% accurate, but we're going to kind of get an idea of an area where you can kind of get in and make some winning plays. Let's start with the rookie David Montgomery, running back. Traded up to get him. Hasn't played a lot in the preseason, but what we did see in the first week of that preseason was he's got some cuts in him. That's for sure. He's a young forte. He likes moving around, spring in his step. Now, I've seen sites list his over-under on rushing yards this year. They've been a little bit different, a little bit wonky, and I'm sure they're probably going up as we speak. So get on that my bookie and pounce now. There was one site where I saw it. he had 
The over-under on his rushing yards this year was 765.5. Minus 30 for the over, minus 10 for the under. And I've also seen sites do about 848 yards per se- for the season, minus 115 for the over. Either way, both those numbers, I like that number. I like that number a lot. There's two reasons, really, that's holding him back, and I think that's why the number is so low. Obviously, he's a rookie status, and the Bears' running numbers weren't great that last season. But the Bears' numbers weren't great last season, mostly because they didn't have the personnel. Tariq Cohen is not a guy that takes the ball out of the backfield. He's the guy that runs wheel routes. He's the guy that runs play action. He's the guy that runs screen passes. Jordan Howard, a little bit more of a sled runner up and down, north and south. Did not come into the season last season. I feel like in very good shape. And because of that, they would try and get him the football in the first half, four or five carries here and there, and then by the end of the by the end of the game, they completely just gotten away from it. I think this year you're going to see something completely different. Keep in mind, Matt Nagy's offense, a creative offense. We saw a lot of interesting formations, a lot of interesting routes, pass plays, uh, unique drops. But he was also in the system with the Kansas City Chiefs when Kareem Hunt became Rookie of the Year. Guy that came out of nowhere. Talent that just rose up once you give him the football. Next thing you know, one great series turns into two great series, three great series. Next thing you know, you're the starter. That could be something that David Montgomery could easily do this season. I do think early on, Mike Davis could steal some touchdowns in the red zone. He's got excellent goal line numbers from last year. He had 21 carries in the red zone, I think, for like 93 yards, punched in about four touchdowns. He was effective. But that doesn't change David Montgomery's rushing totals. David Montgomery could run all the way up and down the field, and once he gets in the five-yard line, might not get the football, but that isn't affecting your bet now here, is it? Mike Davis could steal some touchdowns early on, especially in those goal line situations, but I do like David Montgomery to get plenty of yards. I do like him by the rounds, I don't know, week three, week four, probably being named the starter, probably leading the running back committee in touches. And I do like that number. I do like him exceeding over that 848. I like him getting over 900, to be honest with you. Um, the one area, though, so if you're going to go in all in Montgomery, go for it. Feel good about it. But the one area that I would say is a stay away is they have him in Vegas or on other booking sites, other gambling sites. Six touchdowns this year. Six rushing touchdowns for David Montgomery. Real quick, I do not like that number. I like that number if it was receiving touchdowns. But six rushing touchdowns seems a little different. I feel like you're going to be a little bit more on the four rushing touchdown, maybe four or five receiving touchdowns. I do think he can get over eight or nine total. But that number at six is just a little tough. Keep in mind, Bears fans, and we loved it last year. Bears got into the five-yard line, and what did they do? They did not go with the traditional setup. There was no eye formation back there. They went jumbo big. You'd see offensive linemen in the backfield. You'd see Taylor Gabriel running end arounds. You'd see shovel passes to Trey Burton. Keep in mind, those shovel passes count as passes for our boy Mitch Trubisky. Those are not rushes. I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year. That's going to hurt Montgomery in his rushing touchdown total. I think there's going to be a lot of misdirection. Last year, Mitch Trubisky in the red zone completed only 59% of his passes. Now, you might say that that's terrible. Keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes actually completed only 58% of his passes. But really, it's about the effectiveness and the efficiency. What do they do well? 
Mitch Trubisky dropping back on the five-yard line for a three-step drop and a pass is not what the Bears' offense does well. What they do well is misdirection, getting people moving in different areas in the field and then getting the ball into the <laughs> into the player that you'd least likely think would get the ball like Bradley Soule and scoring a touchdown. And that's why I don't like Montgomery there. I mean, now we're all, while we're at it, let's just get right to Mitch. Let's get right to Mitchy, Mitch, Mitch. I love the guy. I do. I'm a big fan. I think he's a winner. I think he says all the right things. I don't think he'd ever get in trouble. I don't think he would ever embarrass the organization. And I still think he's a young quarterback. A lot of people think that he's going to be taking a step forward this year. And I believe that. I really do. But I question whether that is going to be in the stat sheet or a little bit more on the product on the field. Mitch struggled in a couple areas last year. He struggled being consistent, and he struggled playing on the road. In six road games last season, let's get it right here, he only had five touchdowns and threw three interceptions. Not great. Um, Not terrible, not great either. Keep that in mind when you're betting the Bears this year. Playing on the road is going to be a little tough, especially uh, you can play the spread if you want to, but that money line total, there might be some unders on the road this year. Trubisky still could struggle there. He could, and I think what Bears fans ultimately want from Trubby, they want to get that Chubby for Trubby. They don't want just six touchdowns, no interceptions against Tampa Bay, and then the very next week he throws a couple picks. I think a little more ironing out, a little more consistency would be nice to be seen, maybe not necessarily necessarily heard in the headlines. So in the spirit of all that, a lot of gambling sites have Mitch Trubisky's passing yards at 3,750.5 at minus 20. And I got to be honest with you, that is a Vegas zone number. I don't like it. I wouldn't bet on it. I feel comfortable saying that he could possibly get over, but he wouldn't get over by much. It would be a very, very close call. And also keep in mind, he's got to stay healthy for 16 games. They had no problem when he was a little nicked up last year sitting him down for two games. He probably could have played in that second game, but they held him out. Chase Daniel played. They lost the game, but I think they have a bigger picture towards Mitch, not only this season but further on in his career. So playing 16 games might be a little bit of a tall order. I also think that they don't necessarily need him to throw for 4,000 yards to score points this season. So that being said, I just think that that bet is a bit of a stay away this year. Let's move on. And let's look at week one. The Bears' offense, first of all, is going to be super fun to watch, right? We've got an improved running game. we got more weapons on the outside. Mitch Trubisky maybe taking that step forward. Hey, offensive lineman catching touchdowns. Whoa, Cordero Patterson doing crazy stuff. It's going to be super fun. And let's just take a look at week one right now. Week one might not be so much fun for the gamblers out there in the world, but it'll be fun to just have football back. Bears are minus 3.5 at home right now against the Packers. Total score for the game is 46. My personal take is if you want to take that three and a half, go for it. Be you. Be a Bears fan. Bleed bear blood. The total of 46, though, I kind of like the under on that one. A couple things uh, to think about there. Bears offense, we haven't seen them all preseason. Are they going to be sharp right out of the gate? Bears defense, pretty good. Might not give up a whole lot of points. I could see uh, a little bit of maybe... A rough game, a little bit of a choppy game, a little bit of a sloppy game. So I kind of like that under on that 46 there. And at this point, let's just talk about a few keys to the game. And Bears fans, I'm talking to you personally right now. 
this is something that is going to happen. And I believe it uh, in the years past, I always have these weird little keys, these weird little feelings, these little hairs on the back of my neck about what could possibly happen. And I want to prepare you Bears fans now. The last thing we need is you drinking eight MGDs and you pass out by 1 p.m. And we don't need you screaming at your mother-in-law. We don't need you tipping over the nachos or popping your inflatable helmet. It's week one, guys. we got a long way to go. In my personal opinion, it is very possible that Aaron Rodgers will score a touchdown on the first drive, possibly the second drive. And my thinking for that is this, it's happened so many times before, so why would we expect anything less? I know the Bears' offense is elite. I drafted them in fantasy. I'm super excited to watch them, but we have to prepare ourselves for this and not freak out when it happens. Rodgers is a fantastic player. He's kicked our ass for a long time. And if he does come out, and let's just say they tear through us in six plays, 80 yards, touchdown Packers. Don't freak out. Don't start cursing Pagano out. Don't start screaming. Don't start thinking that the season's going to end. It's just something that can happen. Take it in stride. My second key, and this is kind of a conversely to what I've just mentioned here, is if that does happen, the Bears need to score a touchdown in the first quarter. They don't need to score a lot of touchdowns in this game to win. They definitely need to score that touchdown in the first quarter. Keep the crowd in it. It is week one. We think that this is going to be a Super Bowl season. Any kind of trepidation can kind of suck the energy out. Great way to keep that momentum is just figuring out. They could have four awful drives in the first quarter. I don't care. One of them, put it together and get points. You can run down the field and get a field goal if you want to. That might still get the job done, but I really feel like a touchdown in the first quarter gives the offense a chance to exhale, gets those first 15 out of the way. They can make some adjustments, move on, and hopefully win the game. But those two keys right there, keep that in mind, Bears fans. And you heard it here first, right here on Betting Chicago, that if Aaron Rodgers rips through this vaunted Bears defense in the first drive or two, do not flip out. This is something that has happened before. Put down the MGD and take a sip of water because everything's going to be fine. I also like in that game for Mike Davis to score a touchdown. I mentioned it earlier. I think of all the weeks where Mike Davis would be considered a week one starter, I think it's going to be this week. As it moves on, David Montgomery, you still have Tariq Cohen getting touches there. I do think Montgomery will be the starter by the end of the year. But in this one particular game, you're going to see a whole lot of Mike Davis. And I hope that he produces. I do think that early on, I think he could definitely score a touchdown in this game. And if you're a fantasy, if you're a fantasy owner of Mike Davis, this might be one of the few weeks where you're able to play him. I like him a lot as a player. I really do. I just don't know if he can be an every down back. And I do think Montgomery is just simply more talented. And I think in the end, that's probably what's going to win out. So for the season as a whole, I'm something I kind of want to throw out there for all you aspiring sharps out there. Betting on the Bears on the road is going to be a major stay away from me. I would just throw away the schedule. I mean, if you throw away the schedule from last year, the Bears last season were mediocre at best on offense during that time. Trubisky on the road is not great. Watch out for that in fantasy. I do think it's going to be a really fun season, though. The Bears are a great home team. I do think they're going to steal some games on the road. That doesn't mean they're going to play well. It's going to kind of mess with some spreads a little bit. But let's just see how it goes, guys. I do like the Bears winning 11 games this year. I do like them getting into the playoffs. I do like them winning a playoff game. We're going to talk about that a ton more this year. I do like Cordero Patterson probably stealing four touchdowns, at least 
from other fantasy weapons in the Bears' offense. But guys, let's be honest. It's a really great time to be a Bears fan. We're back. People don't roll their eyes when we talk about them. It doesn't automatically go to mustaches and and dickas and wings. They're an actual team again. People are excited about it. We got Thanksgiving games. We got Saturday games. We got Sunday night games. We got a lot of primetime stuff. A lot of great matchups. A lot of great quarterbacks to go up against Trubisky. A lot of comparisons. It's going to be a very, very interesting, interesting season. All right, enough about the Bears. I want to get into some Cubs. I got a lot to talk about with the Cubs. But first, I'm going to read a little something from VegasSportsAdvisors.com. So where do I go when I want my winners, when I need my information? I go to VegasSportsAdvisors.com. They have a dozen pros, always posting their picks. Keep in mind, it's not a betting site. It's just information. And I want as much information as possible before I bet. So check it out. Use my promo code. It'll get you a week free. So why wouldn't you? VegasSportsAdvisors.com. The promo code is FBS. Coming up. And speaking of gambling, the Chicago Cubs. What happens, guys? <laughs> what happens the rest of this year, huh? It's been a very interesting year. Of all the years in the Theo era, this has been the streakiest Cubs team we've ever seen. Some good, some bad. Some great, followed by awful. They win five in a row. They lose three in a row. They rake at home. They tank on the road. On and on and on. So where do we, what do we do here? I mean, they got a bullpen that is bringing me back to the Antonio Alfonseca days, first of all. They've blown... I think 10, I mean, blown saves aside, we can look up the stat, but they've blown at least 15 games this year. And if you take about seven or eight of those, we're not even talking about this division race right now with the Cardinals. We're sitting pretty in first place. So let's do a quick rewind. Look at it from a broad angle. Cubs started awful to begin the season. I think they started 2-8. and eight. Not good. Everyone pointing fingers, asking questions. The Joe Madden situation, which I'll get to in another time because I think it's ridiculous. And then they go off, I think, perhaps one of their best stretches that they've had since the 2016 season. They won 25 out of 30 games. All of a sudden, they're 25 and 14. Everything is right with the world. The starting rotation is fantastic. But then the bullpen falls apart. They start losing some games here and there. That 11 games over 500 starts kind of creeping, creeping, creeping back. They've never really gotten, I think, under four or five games under 500. They've always been kind of in the 7, 8, 9, 10 range, but they haven't really been able to extend. And that's why they're in the situation they're in. They're two games back of the Cardinals. They are one of the two wild card teams right now. The wild card winner would get the Dodgers in the first round. Not fun. Not something that you want to do. So the Cubs need to go off and they win need to go off and they need to win the division. So how are they going to do it? And honestly, I think it's coming up very very soon. And I think that's going to be an excellent opportunity to make some bets, make some plays, and maybe make some killer wins while watching the Cubs put up that white W flag. So right now, uh, they're in New York. They're finishing up a series, and then they're going to come home, and they're going to play the Brewers. Now, to finish up the season, they play the Cardinals seven of their last ten games. Everyone's kind of pointing towards that as, This is where the season is decided. And I say nay. I say let's go further back because I think the most important stretch for them coming up is September 2nd through the 18th. Mark that down in your calendars, Sharps and Gamblers, because that's when the Cubs are going to have to try and make their move. And here, let's just take a look at the schedule real quick. From the 2nd through the 18th, 
The Cubs play the Mariners, the Pirates, and the Reds. They play them all at home. That's an excellent, juicy home schedule. you got to take care of business there. On the road, they go to the Padres, and they play the Brewers. That's it. And then the final 7-10, to 10, they play the Cardinals, and they play the Pirates, uh, respectively, in their own home stadiums, and then they host the Cardinals for three more. That home schedule, got to take care of business there. That road schedule, the Padres, up the track, got to take care of it there. And then the Brewers, some Cubs fans might be a little bit worried about that, but let's go back a month from now, or a month ago. And the Brewers uh, the Brewers swept the Cubs, but the Cubs should have won every single one of those games, and we all know it. It was a bullpen issue. Some crazy things happened. That was the Kimbrell game. They tied it up in the ninth. Kimbrell gave it right back up. It was hard. It was hard to watch. It was depressing. I haven't used the word depressing so much in my texts with my Cubs friends in years. I want to say that it feels great, but it doesn't. It's been very it's been very trying on all of our hearts. Like I said, the Alfonseca days. Oh, it's really taking me back. But that's the stretch right there where the Cubs really need to make it happen. And beginning September 1st, they're going to be getting some reinforcements. Zobrist, Almora, Bodie, Descalso, all going to be called up from AAA when rosters expand. All of them professionals have played multiple years in the major leagues, all of them currently playing in the minor leagues. You think those guys are going to be hungry when they come up? I certainly hope so. And that's been the biggest problem with the Cubs this year. It hasn't necessarily been their core. You've gotten a solid year out of Rizzo. You've gotten a pretty good year out of KB. And you've got another, you've got almost an identical season from Baez from last season. The only difference is he's not going to finish second in the MVP race. But his numbers are kind of still tracking exactly the same. That hasn't been the problem. The problem has been the ancillary pieces around them in their lineup. Their lineup isn't very long. The six through eight has been brutal for them this year. They just can't get any production out of there. The leadoff situation has been well documented, but I really think it's that back half of the lineup that's been the real issue for them in terms of scoring and in terms of just a sustained sustained success on the field. These guys coming back in September is really going to help. What do I want from Zobrist? What do I expect from Zobrist? Well, not much. Uh... He's about my age, so I understand the limitations of the physical body, the physical form. Hasn't played for several months. Has been rehabbing uh, in the minor leagues. Is hitting 189 combined through multiple different levels in the minor leagues right now. So not great. I I just hope he comes back and hits leadoff for a couple of games. And then in a late game, pinch hits and cokes the sweetest walk you've ever seen. One of those classic down 0-2, comes back, coaxes a walk, gets a little standing O. That kind of juice. That kind of little tiny little bump. That's what I expect from Zobrist. Almora and Bodie, I hope they come back hungry. I hope they come back sharp. We're going to need them. We're going to need some bigger hits from guys that you don't expect because they have a core of offensive players that are getting the job done. We're going to get into that a little bit and why I think they're, they could be even better in the final month of the season. But those reinforcements, those are the guys that need to come in and really get the job done if we're actually going to make some uh, some inroads here over the next 16 days. It's time for the Cubs to make their move. It's happening right now. And I think that they can do it based on a few numbers that I want to go over. And some of these numbers are going to be great for us uh, aspiring sharps out there because I think there's some excellent daily plays that you'll be able to do and... I mean, let's just take a look at it right now. The Cubs right now are 12-1 to 1 to win the pennant, 25-1 to 1 to win the World Series. 
I mean, the way this season has gone, the Cubs winning the World Series uh, seems a little daunting. But when has it ever been easy, Cubs fans? I mean, just because we got one doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're going to come, you know, falling off trees out of it, out of nowhere. That's not really going to happen. 25 to 1 is actually a pretty good value. I wouldn't bet the mortgage on it, but you could. Ha- I like the value. Let's leave it at that there. And that's something to keep in mind here on Betting Chicago. I'm going to be focusing mostly on value with these plays. Um, let's be honest. If I was a good gambler, I wouldn't be doing this. I'd be a millionaire. I'd be sitting. I'd be sitting very pretty with a house in Chicago, and probably a house somewhere out in LA or somewhere else, and just living the good life, playing golf, watching sports. But I'm not. I'm here still looking for that gold at the end of the rainbow. So. We're gonna look at these strictly as a value as value plays, and the Cubs at twenty-five to one is a good value play. The Cubs win the pennant twelve to one, not such a good value play. Probably would not recommend that. But if you want to throw a couple bucks down because you love your team, and you think that they're gonna come around and surprise us one more time, and look, if the Cubs do win the World Series, it's gonna be very surprising, and it's gonna be very, very, very Cub-like. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So let's look at some players here real quick over the next month that I think are going to be not only some excellent like ways to probably make a little bit money, but also give you a little hope as a Cubs fan that they're going to be able to pull this off. My first one, and this is my big one, this is probably my play of the week, the Betting Chicago play of the week. Whenever Kyle Hendricks is on the mound at home in September, and it begins, I believe, Monday, September 2nd against the Mariners. Excellent matchup. Hop on that if you want to. If it's already happened and I'm correct, pat on the back for me. But Hendricks in September the last three seasons has been amazing. Let's take a look at it. 2016, he was 3-1 with a 1.38 ERA. If you remember, that was the year that he finished in the top five in the Cy Young. But moving forward... 2017, 1-1, 2.01 ERA. Last season, 4-1, 1.79 ERA for a grand total of 8-3 and a 1.72 ERA in September. Now, that's a track record right there. That's a track record you can bet on. And what's even more important is he's been fantastic at home this season. 1.79 ERA at home. 2.39 ERA during day games. September 2nd, Mariners. At Wrigley, during the daytime, Kyle Hendricks on the mound, I would pounce on it. Anytime Hendricks is on the mound, in Wrigley, in September, it's a must play. It's a must bet. I would take the spread, and I'd probably take the under, because Hendricks is probably going to pitch well. That's probably my best play of the week. Let's look at the offense real quick. Nick Castellanos. What a pickup. He's been fantastic. He showed up. Everyone keeps using the word hungry, but he just seems to be happy playing baseball. Oh, by the way, he also seems to be happy to about to be a free agent, and he's playing great right now, and he's about to rake in. I think the Cubs should re-sign him. I probably wouldn't give him more than 80 or $85 million, hopefully maybe in the 60 to $70 million range, but I do think he's a guy we certainly, certainly should be talking to in the offseason. So Cassie's been great since he's been on the Cubs, but can he be even better? Well, I got some news for you, Cubs fans. Castellanos in his career in September is off the charts. He's awesome. He plays even better. Can he be even better? Let's find out. So let's take a look here. We're going to exclude 2016 because he only played three games and he was hurt. So it doesn't count. doesn't matter. But let's go back all the way to 2015. 
Castellanos slash 305, 330, 402, 12 doubles, 9 RBIs in 26 games. Pretty good, right? 2017 slash 368, 381, 649, 7 home runs, 11 doubles, 25 RBIs in 29 games. Amazing. And then last season slash 350, 409, 590, 4 home runs, 10 doubles, 16 RBIs, 27 games. So what's that grand total? In his last three years, not counting 2016, 56 games, 11 home runs, 21 doubles, 41 RBIs, with a slash line of 359, 395, 620. I rest my case, Your Honor. He can be even better, guys. (laughs) Get ready for it. Castellanos could be even better in September. And look at the ancillary guys. Anthony Rizzo is out right now with a back problem, something to monitor, something to keep in mind, but... This should give Cubs fans a little bit of hope down the stretch. Keep in mind that we talk all season long about runners in scoring position. They're hitting too many home runs. They're not driving in the runs. Keep in mind that Baez and Rizzo have been excellent with runners in scoring position this season. Baez, 345 batting average, 718 slugging. Rizzo, 323 batting average with runners in scoring position, 583 slugging. Even KB. KB's uh, kind of a bit of a bugaboo throughout his career. But he's actually been improving as of late. 267 with runners in scoring position. But even more important, he's hitting 302 with a 422 on base and a 755 slugging in games, the seventh inning or later, or in a close game. Those are clutch numbers. That's the middle of your lineup, Cubs fans. And that's a whole season. That's not just a sample size. They've been getting it done. They can get it done. They need those ancillary players to show up. They need those side pieces. They need those role players to come up and do their job. Be hungry. Be sharp. And let's be honest here. Chris Bryant has not had a good month of August, nor this Javi Baez. And we're still in it. Only two games back. Now, KB, watching him over the last four years, he goes on home run streaks better than anybody else. When he hits one, all of a sudden he'll hit five in four games. One of those is still coming, Cubs fans. And all these games are important. So that's going to be good. Javi Baez also had a bad month of August. He started to come out of it the last couple of days. He's been he's going to be a lot better. He has to be a lot better. But he has a good September coming for him too as well. And I will just say this. Cubs are two games back right now. If they make it to that last 7-10 against the Cardinals and there's still two games back, that's going to be a tough one. I don't know how I feel about that, and I probably wouldn't bet on them. But if they get anything closer, I think they're going to take the division. I really do. And then once you get in the playoffs, guess what? Braves don't scare me. (laughs) They don't. Braves don't scare me at all. Nationals don't really scare me. And I'm going to say it, the Dodgers don't scare me either. Their bullpen... They have one of those teams right now. They're a juggernaut. They look amazing. But that bullpen can that bullpen can seriously dash a lot of dreams this year. And just one meltdown, one or two meltdowns in the playoffs, and Dodgers fans will be looking again to see how are they going to get that World Series. What is it going to take? How are they going to get it done? And I like the Cubs' chances. I think they can do it. They just got to get in. They got to play well from September 2nd through September 18th and put themselves in a position to not have to win every single game against the Cardinals in the last 10 games. I know that's what everyone's pointing to, but it's what you do before that. that, that that's what really matters. And we're going to be talking more about them. This is really exciting. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Moving forward, I want to have guests. We might have some former athletes on. 
We're going to talk more Bears. We're going to talk more Cubs. Eventually, we are going to get to over-unders with the Chicago Bulls, over-unders with the Chicago Blackhawks. I can't wait. Might talk a little White Sox offseason at some point. There's a lot to talk to. And we're going to enjoy it, guys. This was really fun. I did this one solo just because I wanted to see how I felt. Never really done one solo before, so it feels really good to get that one under my belt. And I really appreciate you guys listening. Please thank you for joining us on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you check out mybookie.com or vegassportsadvisors.com. My name is Joey Christopoulos with Betting Chicago. Go Chi-Town. Have a good one. Thanks for joining. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.